Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 66 of the Twos Twos podcast. I am Nana. And I am Rose. And together we are... Twos Twos. <laughs> well, we got, a, we got special guests. Not just one, not two, but three. Uh-huh. In the building. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves? You go first. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, so I'm Vivian. I'm one third of ADHD babes. Ooh. I'm Jennifer. I'm another third of ADHD babes. Mm-hmm. I'm Sim. I'm the last third of ADHD babes. I have you babes on our podcast. This is lit. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming through. Thanks for coming through, guys. So, ADHD babes, for people who don't know, what is ADHD babes and how did you guys start? So, we are a support group for Black women and Black non binary people with ADHD. Uh, we started very, very organically. Originally, I started a Facebook group, literally just like going through Facebook, going on Bomb Babylon, all them, all them ones there. <laughs> hey, anybody got anybody black with ADHD just looking for friends? Like Aww. originally. So we just kind of built that up. And then me, Angelica, and Sin um moved on to a WhatsApp group. And then again, like that just started to grow naturally. Like people, go, oh my friends got ADHD. Da, da, da. Then that started to grow. Um, and then last year during the pandemic. Sin suggested that we start doing Zoom calls and then I'll throw it to Sin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, during the pandemic, everyone was doing like Zoom events and I was like going to a lot of them. I thought that it'd be really helpful for for the group chat if we like met like every week or every other week um, on Zoom to just support each other, talk about issues. Um, and yeah, and the Zooms were quite popular. So I thought, that like we could open it up to the public and actually make it into a thing and we started in October now here we are wow so this just started as like a support a small support group for yourselves and it just grown that's amazing wow isn't it For, for those of us that don't know what ADHD is could you explain what that is Okay, I can take this. <laughs> I get like the fear of God. Actually, I get so shook when people ask this question. Because like, where do I start? But um, ADHD is a neurological condition. So it's yeah, it's biologically, biochemically based, um, affecting um, the part of your brain that controls what is called executive functioning. And what that means is. Uh, Symptoms can manifest in difficulty, like organizing oneself, um, managing one's time. Uh, it could also affect um, personal relationships and create like extreme sensitivity emotionally. The way I like to describe it is that it makes us different. It makes it difficult to regulate ourselves, regulate our time, our attention, our emotions. So it's not necessarily a deficit. So ADHD Mm -hmm. stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And the name is a bit misleading. It's not necessarily a deficit of attention. It's more about where we put our attention. Mm -hmm. It sometimes feels like we don't have a choice. Um, And if we're not interested in something, 
it can be very, very, very difficult to sustain our attention on that thing. Giving a specific example, it didn't matter how much sleep I got at school. There are certain lessons I just fall asleep in. I just fall asleep mm. every day. She's falling asleep. She's falling asleep. When I tell you I was 12, 13, looking up sleep, like sleep alertness, like exercises. I was just bored. I was just bored. Certain subjects just bored me. Mm. Other subjects, sports, um, English, I'd have to get in, like geography, subjects I actually liked, I'd stay awake for. But then other subjects that I found dry and also church, don't know if that's political, but certain <laughs> things, just, it was dry to me. So I fell asleep. I fell asleep. Same. <laughs> so I yeah. I, this is the second time I've actually come for church this 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 week. I mean, it's your truth, babe. No, mm. no, no disrespect to anyone. No disrespect. Yeah. It's just me. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to add on with the like executive functioning mm. um, and kind of some examples. So like they use it as an umbrella term, but it includes stuff like your working memory. Uh, like concentration in general, like Angelica was saying. And then some of the kind of ones that people don't speak about that often is like flexibility of thinking. So like if I've made plans, for example, for the day, I someone cancels half an hour before, my chest, like it'll be like to now adjust and be like, okay, we're not doing that. We're doing something else. The transitioning between like one plan to another, like there's a, there's a rigidity there. Um, also like the concept of time. Like people will complain, oh, you're late. Oh, I said two o'clock, why is it four? Like the concept of time, I, the relationship is, is special, it's different. Yeah, do you um, know I'm nodding like this because- I, I know why you're nodding. Yeah, I know my girlfriend why you're has um, ADHD and <laughs> you guys actually inspired her to go and get checked and stuff like oh. that. Yeah, so, and but beforehand she did, she did kind of, um, she suspected it, but she just didn't know how oh. to go about like checking and stuff like that. And one of the huge things is the time the time thing like the concept of time just yeah. doesn't exist like it's just like I, she she would she would have to leave the house let's say we have to leave the house in like an hour and she hasn't bathed and she's gonna have to straighten her hair she's gonna have to do her makeup mm-hmm. and she's gonna she's like yeah an hour it's gonna be yeah, done I, can do hour. An hour. I can do this in an hour what four hours later my hour is different to the world's hour yeah now i just laugh because now i know it's not something that she can help do you know yeah. what i mean so i try to assist her i said you know why don't you get to the, it's nine o'clock in the morning but why don't you get to the bath now kind of thing so you know obviously now we know like we know how to work around it and stuff like that but time mm, mm. and it's yeah. not malicious like people really have to be understanding and I really I'm so glad because most of my friends are neurodiverse we didn't know until we were older but mm-hmm. they didn't get angry at all this kind of lateness and oh it's your birthday oh my god like there was there wasn't an anger around it because they also were like that and we knew mm-hmm. that it's actually all love you yeah. just need to be accommodating so if the dance starts at four tell me to come at two so yeah. At four. yeah and like we've we've negotiated so yeah it's really not malicious and it's really linked as well to like other forms of neurodiversity like a lot of people I know also like I've got dyslexia and dyspraxia as well like there's a there's a lot of like comorbidity with it and there's like associations as well with like um autism and like things like Tourette's like neurodiversity in general like everything's kind of interlinked so Mm. yeah it's really interesting it's really, really interesting and it seems like it's a spectrum so like with the symptoms not everyone has the same symptoms right am I right yeah yeah so yeah. for example my 
like one of the things that they used to give me a counselor at school because they said I had anger management wow but that was just my emotional regulation like not being able to manage my emotions but my other friend with ADHD hers is more oh yeah so there's three types there's inattentive there's impulsive and there's compi- combined where you've got a bit of both okay. so I've got both she's inattentive so she's more just like you know she might ignore her phone for a day like she's late to the function those kind of things but then mine is like because it's more the impulse and like the emotional side it's yeah. zero to a hundred before I know it and then suddenly I'm, I'm sleeping like I don't know what's happening today so it really varies like you could have such a combination of all the different parts even within those three categories um yeah with the three types I know that um sometimes they want someone external to you to fill out this form and you know we feel like those questions in that form yeah we will fill them out <laughs> my girlfriend felt like I was just throwing shade at her. it's not shade like oh bless her <laughs> she was like, are you serious it's, it's not shade like it is what it is mm. kind of thing but like does does do they use that to try help figure out which one of the three you may be aligned with yeah absolutely um yeah it's it's a good question about uh the diag the process of getting um diagnosed i um went to my gp and then i got a referral to be assessed by an adhd specialist on the nhs that took about a year and a half oh wow the gp and that's quick for most people if you get it done NHS yeah this is before I knew about psychiatry UK I don't know if you uh did the psychiatry UK um route but I didn't so yeah but when I finally got my assessment I was given a form for me to fill in and then someone a form for my well someone in my family or a friend someone close to me who's known me for like since for years to fill in do you know what's so funny my mom initially was very resistant to me getting um to acknowledging that I have any kind of like condition. where are you from I'm not Nigerian mm-hmm. or a disorder or anything. But what's so funny is that she had to fill in the form and everything she told me off for, oh, you're always late. Oh, you're not. Attached. She it was like, she was like, oh, I was saying this. So she couldn't. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. you were saying it. So you have to tell the truth now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all these things. Um, so yeah, she filled in that form. I filled in the form for myself. I also got school records, something that you'll see often in a lot of people who end up getting diagnosed with ADHD is, oh, you're not living up to your potential. Oh, you're so smart, but you don't, why do you like act out? Or why are you cracking jokes? Why are you, you know, not not achieving at the level that you definitely are capable of? That thing about, you know, capability, but not achieving your potential, it seems to be like a running theme. Um, in a lot of people who end up getting diagnosed I just remember thinking why do I like why do I always leave my essays to literally an hour before it's due on the bus like why am I why am I like this like why am I back in this position again and again and again and again and Mm. again it's like I almost felt like I couldn't control it because the will is there like I don't want the stress of like being late all the time but somehow I'm always ending up in this position Mm. but yeah going back to your uh your question about the forms that's essentially how I got diagnosed. Uh, I filled in the form, my mum filled in the form. I had an hour long interview with a doctor and he asked me certain questions about, yeah, why I thought I might have it. Um, we talked a lot about my academic performance. A lot of people who end up getting diagnosed in adulthood end up struggling with school and uni in one way or another, especially as you get older and things get, 
a lot more difficult. You take on more responsibility. For some people, it actually comes when you end up working. It just, it really depends. Mm. But yeah, the doctor was pretty, because when I was going in, because so many people had kind of made me doubt that I had it, even though I was so sure that I had it. But those people didn't really, they weren't ADHD specialists. So they were just GPs, like my academic support, my like uni like student well-being person they don't really know if you don't know about ADHD it's likely that you've picked up a lot of like incorrect or outdated assumptions for example you think that ADHD is something that children only children have or like most these mm. boys have and it's always you pre- hyperactivity looks a certain way like being super fidgety and like interrupting people that's not always how it looks you can be a very quiet person and have ADHD as well so going back to like some of the people um in the past like GP like general GPs and like um advisors at uni and stuff like that don't don't you think like especially people in education and stuff should be a little bit more clued up about this (laughs) like I remember um I remember I was in primary school and there was a a new boy he was Asian and I, I feel like it's it's important to mention sometimes yeah ethnicity certain mm-hmm. people are because it, it shows in when people are diagnosed and when it actually is something that's not acknowledged and um it was a young Asian boy and I remember he had that he had ADHD but the, I remember I was in primary school and I overheard two teachers I said this in the last episode I overheard two teachers saying oh he's like that because he's ADHD but it was like and I think other, the other teacher was like hmm? And these were teachers, like, and I remember, I remember mm. I was in primary school and I, def- I remember because I just felt like, I don't think this is something they're meant to be just saying, like, yeah. in front of the other children. And it, I was, like, year four and I'll never forget this. And I remember because he struggled to make friends and so after that, I just knew, okay, maybe there's something different about him. So let me try and chat to him small, small, yeah. Yeah. And, like, and after, so after that, that made me, as I grew, grew older, to find out where ADHD was myself. And... But like I don't understand why people are in these positions and they don't they just they can't recognize it like it does I don't know like it's even you yourself without being a specialist you know okay cool I need to go and get this do you know what I mean mm. online and stuff and how it like it's just a lot of the time especially like in school primary school secondary school it's just put down to the child being naughty so it's just like, and then especially if you're black, black especially if you're black or brown but especially if you're black and then you're that just one. taken to these people referral places and all of this and you kind of just get lost in all of that and no one's really checking for you do you know what I'm saying but I just feel like as a community sometimes when we were not equipped with what to look for and that's why what you guys are doing is so important because it's just like spreading awareness because people don't know especially coming from like like a black household like your mom's gonna be like what do you mean what is ADHD like what, do, you, do you know what I'm saying like they're just gonna be like what is this what are you talking about my, ch- my child's perfect <laughs> do you know what I'm saying like by the grace of God my perfectly made. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm saying so yeah so that is uh, you t- and you touched on um you know your mom didn't believe it do you know what I'm saying and I think even the way that it's like diagnosed like though is through sort of like conversation and all of that stuff like there's no actual like you know how you're when you when there's you know something going on you go for like a test and then that test they don't connect so wires to your brain exactly do you know what i'm saying that test but this is so different that i think that it might be harder for people to 
to grasp uh, more than you know like traditional methods of you know figuring out what's actually going on but that is yeah that's really really interesting is that the only way to test that you know of no ADHD does appear physically like if you took brain scans of a neurotypical person okay it will show up in the brain scans but that Mm. I guess doctors don't want to use that method and it's because it's pricey probably because it's pricey um I think I read somewhere that it could also be like somewhat problematic like comparing brain scan something related but yeah the the main way I know in America, like I've read some really mad ways that they've tested ADHD. And I think it's a lot more common to test, to do like brain scans and other physical tests in America. Um, Mm -hmm. I read somewhere like someone had like a six hour test and I'm like, I don't know what (laughs) what kind of like experiments. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the main method is just basically a very long interview where they like talk through the, your entire life starting mm. from like, like childhood going through school work uni it's just a very long very yeah it's just a very long interview but it can be tested physically as well okay did right. we have to pay to get um, I, diagnosed i when i first um sort of suspected i had adhd i was in my last year of uni and my school my uni doesn't um, provide like an educational diagnosis if you're in your last year. So I had to wait until I finished uni and then I paid privately. It was about £500. Oh, £500. Oh, wow. Okay, Is that so... like standard? Is that? Yeah. That was the cheapest I could find it at the time. I know now Psychiatry UK has um, their private service is free 50, but they also have the right to choose, which I'm under at the moment, which is free. Um, like as the prices can get mad like there's some places that will charge you a grand plus wow that's that's just that's robbery right there that's robbery it's so deep as well because it's like the waiting list for the gp can be so long like angelica was saying sometimes 18 months do you know how long 18 months is that is a long time (laughs) it's about it can be like five to seven years and depending on the place in the country you are some places just have really terrible services Wow. My place was actually fairly quick, um, luckily, but yeah. I mean, like, that's a long time to be sort of like, especially if you know that you're, you're sometimes, sometimes you know, you, do you know what I'm saying? You know there's there's something going on. So especially yeah, to have to sit with that and, I don't know, like, going to either uni or work and obviously that's impacting, you know, how you work as well. And then, like, your managers just might be thinking, oh, well, this girl doesn't get all her work done, she's not doing what she's supposed to do, but there's a reason behind it. And just having to wait for so long, I just, God. Like, I, yeah, that is that is crazy to me. And and those, so those prices that range from, like, you know, 350, 500 to, to grand's, is that, do you know if that's just the uh, interview testing? Wow. Yeah, just interview yeah. testing. Wow. That's madness, if you ask me. <laughs> medication <laughs> after that, you'll not be paying for each session. So you pay for reviews of medication, you pay for the actual medication, you pay for the titration, which is like them checking, okay, you're going to start on five milligrams. Let's up five, five, five. Like every time you'll be paying. But then the way to do it free, sometimes the wait list is so long. So it really makes yeah. it inaccessible depending on your income, mm-hmm. depending on, yeah, if you have access to, who's got, be chucking 350 around, like who actually has that? Yeah, yeah. So, After yeah, I got yeah. diagnosed, I was paying around 200 to 400 pounds 
every month just for my medication and my checkup. It's, it's, so is this, is this medication because it's not in the free prescription? <laughs> no, yeah. so. You're private, you, you're not entitled to like an NHS prescription. And oh, wow. Um, ADHD meds are also like a very, very like highly regulated um, drug. I think they're classed as class B drugs because they're technically like meth. Well, they're like a derivative of meth, but like okay. they're really dangerous. <laughs> um, so yeah. Evil meth. It's it's to meth you're gonna scare people like it's not, not, <laughs> not meth it's not meth it's a family yeah i mean yeah i mean it's not should, crystal meth we okay. should all know how science works <laughs> you know <laughs> we're all in crap chemistry classes it's fine <laughs> don't uh, worry some of us didn't do well but it's okay <laughs> we were there <laughs> it's okay <laughs> Even I think also it's worth mentioning that some people can get it through their workplaces if their workplace, you know, does do offers worth like checking. That. Yeah, yeah. Worth and also universities um, test for ADHD as well. Like that's how my one of my closest friends got diagnosed quite later on. Um, mm. But the difficulty is when you get diagnosed in um, university by an education specialist, that doesn't translate into healthcare. So oh, you can't rock up to your GP and be like, well, boom. <laughs> like, they don't yeah. care. They'll be like, well, that was, she's not qualified. She's not a consultant. You're going to have to now start the mm. process again. Okay. So, yeah. They need to fix that as well. It looks like. It looks like. But um, yeah. in the last couple months, I would, I would say since you guys have pretty much started, loads of people have get, been getting tested. Loads of people be, have been coming on social media and saying, ah, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. Like, and stuff like that. And afterwards you can see a lot of people um saying things like you know my adhd is making me do this because of my adhd x y and z and stuff like that how does it make you guys feel when you see stuff like that because i don't i didn't see none of that before you guys came on the yeah, so how do you guys feel um it makes me feel happy that everyone's like getting the help that they need um i think in the past, when I first got diagnosed about two years ago, I really wasn't seeing anyone talk about it. But I think in the past year, especially with the lockdown and everyone is like struggling a lot more at home, there's been quite a few people who have been diagnosed. Um, and there's a lot of big people as well, not just us, like people like Stephanie and Tanya um, getting diagnosed. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I have noticed though is a lot of people who have been getting diagnosed are people who are like, guess creatives of some type yeah (laughs) I've noticed that too and it makes a lot of sense because we tend to find ourselves in those sort of career paths but yeah it actually makes me happy seeing like people being a lot more open talking about their symptoms not being ashamed to talk about how they're struggling it's nice Mm -hmm. are you guys all creative as well what do you guys do do you mind if we ask what do you guys do um, I'm a curator and a researcher in the arts. Okay. Mm. You're a producer. I actually make podcasts and I DJ as well. Oh, amazing. Nice. So what's your DJ page, sorry? Oh. We've got some events coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send I'll drop my SoundCloud in the chat. Perfect, perfect. Perfect. Mm. Um my nine to five is I, I work in mental health. Um, but yeah, I'm a singer, songwriter performing artists in the background mm. and small spoken word when I can mm, love that mm, we love to see it we love to hear it exactly. well, great in terms of I was going to add on to what Sin was saying like 
uh, like seeing the, like people talk about openly, I feel the same. Like it feels really nice that the stigma is being broken within the community because obviously the generation before, I don't know how much, what can person do? Like you can't hack <laughs> yourself, you know? They, yeah. they think the way they think. You know, mm-hmm. you can do small, small work within your, your family home, but I, I don't really feel vim to like change that whole generation's view on things. Um, but I feel like within our generation where we are like a lot more open, we don't have that whole don't wash your dirty laundry outside. It's like, if, you know, if people can relate, if you're going to yeah. get some kind of support, then people are really like going into that and I really enjoy it. Um, I guess on the flip side of that, the only thing, not concerned, but my fear is that because services are so limited um, mm. and it's so difficult and there's so much bias, like especially for black women, black non-binary people, black folk in general, that when we're going to get help and like ask for help, that they're gonna be denied along the way. Like that's the thing that scares me um, because yeah, we're not believed like, or mm. they, they, they put it up to something else. Like a lot of misdiagnosis happens around ADHD where some of the symptoms overlap with um, bipolar disorder. So there's like, I was speaking to a consultant about it and there was like the difference for diagnosis is with bipolar disorder, like it goes up and down, it might have an onset, whereas ADHD is that constant through your life. But if you're looking at a black person telling you their experience and you frame them in a certain way, you're Mm -hmm. not going to see that this is like a lifetime struggle because you might normalize their struggle and just kind of put it down to something else. Mm -hmm. So that's my fear. I'm like, we now know there's a problem, like we've identified it, we've named it but where's the support to resolve that? Um, yeah, that's why I'm just like, ah, when money comes, like the support we can give for ourselves, I can't wait because mm. yeah, they're not, I feel like they don't have the resources to give it to us. They don't even have the resources to give to themselves. Like yeah. so about a really cool fact, or, well, no, it's not even cool, it's, it's actually awful um, about how many people are undiagnosed with ADHD in the mm. UK and that's Oibo people as well. So imagine us that, like we're Man. marginalized yeah we're suffering the worst of that lack of access um so yeah that's why I'm really pro community work like pro do for self because if they're not going to do it for us so yeah for you on that one so going forward like what what kind of things are you guys planning to do and obviously we're in a pan- we're in a lockdown so yeah. I'm, I'm assuming outside, outside of lockdown you guys want to create some spaces and like what kind of things should we look forward to yeah like during the lockdown it's been really cool because we've had because everyone's indoors we've been able to hold like a lot of online spaces uh so like this year we've been able to launch like creative writing groups uh creative art groups um hold space with therapists as well like trying to bring psychology into the community and then make it affordable Mm. um we've been like signposting people as well to like there are black therapists that have an understanding of ADHD um also like just general awareness building um the fortnightly support group so like people can relate um and just general advice in terms of like people asking questions about like how do I get diagnosed what kind of things do they ask mm-hmm. um kind of like breaking down like this is what they're going to ask you so go go away and remember because they'll <laughs> really try <laughs> they're really trying to dismiss you don't remember all those times lay it lay it there mark it on the wall for them Mm. um yeah so I think like we we really wanted to break down like the different aspects of ADHD that affect us so we really want like whether it's employment and careers whether it's like just general like emotional regulation coping and managing strategies um Mm. yeah so we want to like hit every area um and then obviously the general healing of being around people that get you so you know that you're not an alien like it's actually not you 
you like mm. you have a community that you're connected to and people have found a lot of peace in that um so yeah trying to hit every area so like careers general mental health and well-being um education as well because a lot of people are in education and struggling um yeah this general community someone the other day asked for open mic night i said it's coming yeah (laughs) i love that i feel like when it comes to things like this and no, anything else to do with mental health like the events don't have to be dry you know like, no they don't do you know what I mean the events do don't have to I be, be dry <laughs> yeah like it doesn't always have to be fair enough we need to inform and we need to educate yeah but it, it every single event doesn't need to be around that do you know what I mean mm-hmm. sometimes just having a space um. for people like yourself and sometimes allies if you want to invite allies as well is mm-hmm. enough like it's just enough to be with people that you know are thinking the way you're thinking at the same time and yeah it's not every day to be dry it's sometimes enjoyment like do you know what i'm saying Literally, we I, had an I, open group thursday the conversation <laughs> went from talking about capitalism to talking about the texture of peanuts being different in africa <laughs> here <laughs> to talking about somebody said people age like bananas i said ah who are you talking about <laughs> the peanuts <laughs> one is quite interesting because that's true mm. that's actually true <laughs> You see how yeah. that can spark debate? Yeah. Spent for 40 minutes about textures of food. Listen, mm-hmm. that's what everyday suffer. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. It's true. I love that. I love that's that. Big... I just thought... Sorry, go on, Sin. I should say it's a big part of our mission statement as well, because mm. if you look at any sort of ADHD service, it's very dry. It's very white. It's very old as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, we just want... Even though, like... Yeah, we are struggling out here, but like we can still have fun. And yeah. ADHD yeah. is fun. Like we need to embrace that. Yeah. Mm. I don't know yeah. anyone with ADHD that's boring. So it's definitely <laughs> 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 everyone's actually kind of lit. But but yeah. yeah, man, I'm looking forward to those spaces to yeah. well, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to attend, but I, I my girlfriend will attend, so do you know what I mean? And I, I definitely think that um, you know, the fund, I don't know if you guys know, but Rosie has a fund um and i think that there should be some sort of collaboration oh don't worry i'll contact you guys i love i I'll, would love to I see was just it thinking, me and i always thinking the same i was just thinking that <laughs> don't worry when we you like guys mentioned therapy i said this is these are my guys but how oh, so how has it been in regards to like workload for you guys because i know that doing the fund i started the fund last june and um the black lgbt therapy fund and like it's been a lot of work so has, has it been a lot of work for you like since you guys have started when you and have your individual stuff going was, on yeah you well. have individual things going on like how have you guys managed that like the workload and but with three of you how do you guys manage all of everything um i think it's definitely been difficult because of the lockdown i think everyone's mental health has been um affected I think we were doing really well at the beginning when we we had like a bit more energy I think second lockdown has affected everyone and um I know last month um Angelica and I had to take like a bit bit of a mental health break so unfortunately Vivian's taken a lot of the brunt of the work Mm. um but yeah we're sort of working on re-spreading out the workload so Vivian doesn't have to do so much of it it seems like 2020 because of like how things changed from like going to the office and having that variety and then just being at home day in day out yeah I would seem that it is probably harder 
to work like in that environment where it's just so samey it's harder to concentrate do you think that's the reason why a lot of people started getting tested yeah, yeah definitely someone said it in one of the support groups they they articulated it so well and i can't remember what they said oh. but they're basically saying like with adhd a lot of us like how do i say it? like let's say a is 10 o'clock meeting and b is two o'clock meeting having those two things set that are very different means the in between like you're okay because like mm-hmm. these things like there's a contrast and within that contrast you can now like float and do what you need to do but when everything is just flat it just like it's it's like literally just standing in the desert and looking around like there's mm-hmm. nothing to do um so I think that really added like such a layer of difficulty and also I, I can't remember where I read it as well they were saying that um, the fact that they, like, we removed a lot of structures that would have been useful for us mm. like the ability to like check in with friends just go out on a random night like just having everything flat meant a lot of the difficulties like motivation like concentration like planning it's all yeah. just falling on falling on your head within your roof like yeah. there's no external things to help you so I think that really added to why people noticed that oh my gosh like why can't I sit down like why why did I just walk into the room and now I can't remember what I was doing because you've been in this same room all day like there's no there's no contrast so I think definitely being in the house non-stop people what people were managing with because that's what that's what it is people just manage and you don't even realize you're managing you think everybody's going through it no they're not suffering like you like (laughs) when you talk to neurotypical people they say I want to do something I just start so what what do you mean do you know how long I have to prep myself I'll be talking about an hour before knowing that I need to start an hour like it's yeah I think being in the house really forced people to notice that I'm struggling and then how why am I struggling how can I get help Mm. whereas before people were yeah we just suffered through that suffering in silence we need to put it in the bin we're not doing it anymore but I think people were doing that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, for real. I quit, my, I quit my job way, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> that shit made me quit my job. <laughs> it's true. Even suffering in silence, like that could just lead onto like you it being in one depression, anxiety levels getting high, yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah, again, that's why we need people like you to be doing what you're doing. You know what I mean, and raising awareness. Since you guys have started, what's been like your most proudest moment in regards to just anything actually? What's been your most proudest moment? I think um, for me, definitely the support groups. Um and through that being able to create like a really a big community. Um and I think getting like feedback from everyone like knowing that like we've helped people and like we've helped people like find a community of other black women and black non-binary people and mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah knowing that like I think like, like reflecting on like how much even before I was diagnosed with ADHD like how much I was struggling by myself yeah being able to talk to anyone like feeling ashamed to even like say that I'm struggling and then like knowing that we're sort of providing that space for other people where they can just be themselves makes me happy Mm -hmm. I think after every support group like people always just giving us really good feedback so um so in this, on this podcast, we love to talk about a relationship. We just do like to talk about relationships. Oh, yeah. So let's just talk about how ADHD affects relationships, if it does. Yeah. Well. Let's go. <laughs> from, we want to hear from all three of you for this one. Yes. 
Okay. I mean, firstly, one thing I've really realized is what's the word? When when something novelty. I've really struggled with not like with losing novelty, or it's like, ah, this is so fun. Ah, this is my babe. I'll marry TTs. Oh no. What's that that word? Ick. It's not even ick, it's even worse than ick because like you actually stop existing. Whereas like if if I haven't heard from you in seven days, like it's literally like a blank slate. Like all that stuff that I was excited. I'm, I'm sure I liked this person. Like mm. I'll be trying to, I'll be scrolling through the messages, trying to remember the banter. I'm like, ah, ah, yeah, that was funny. Okay, yeah, now I get it. Literally, it's almost like, yeah, it just wipes out. So I've really been working on that because I'm like, you can't, you can't be living your life like this. But then on the flip side, when I've been in like long-term relationships, it's been like amazing. It's been like super, super intense, not in a bad way. Just like, yeah, just a lot of like emotions, a lot of connecting. Um, I generally find that with, in like on the positive side of like not regulating, that I can be quite honest. I don't have to hide, like if I feel something, that's how I feel. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was like very just honest, um, like the emotions kind of just flow out. And it was, yeah, it, it felt really intense. Um, and for the other person, it also feel that way. But then for me, my difficulty was the emotional regulation. So yeah, while I can be like super expressive, super happy, da da da. Now when it's argument, pew, 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 like just straight bullets, like straight, straight bullets and managing those emotions. It's like when I'm upset, the whole world is actually crumbling. When I'm happy, like the stars are shining. Like it's, the contrast was just so much. Um, sounds like, this sounds like Wonder from WandaVision. I don't know if you've watched. Oh, see, I haven't watched it. Let me not. <laughs> you watched that, but yes, okay, go on. Please, no spoilers. I'm, I'm going to start watching it today. Please. please. <laughs> yeah, good. Enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was just managing the emotions, regulating it was really difficult. Um, and then that was obviously really difficult for the person because they felt like they were walking on eggshells. Whereas, like, ah, if I say the wrong thing, she's going to blow up. Like, there's no warning. It's just it's straight to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like hold like. Just uh, one of the things that comes up with ADHD is reject rejection sensitivity. I always forget the last word. Um, dysphoria. Dysphoria, uh, where like criticism, negative feedback, even if they don't genuinely mean to offend, it, it feels that like you want to kill me. Like it's sharp. Like I'm really feeling it in my chest. Mm, so my girlfriend feels way. It depends. we're not joking. It's really hurting. So if they want to give me feedback or they want to say something, like they felt like they really needed to like adjust how they were saying things so I wouldn't get upset um so yeah it can have a real big strain on the relationship and what I know now is obviously obviously to manage those emotions like if I know I'm feeling myself bubble go for a walk come back Mm. write down what you need to say so you're not just doing spray bullets like just like manage because it's not going to disappear like I, I, I still feel things intensely but just how I share that feeling is something that I I now internally need to manage, but I didn't know that at the time. I was just doing baby girl life. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's such a huge contrast from being very like flippant with casual dating and just yeah. like on to the next one. Also impulsive, where it's like I'm trying to reach a high. Where it's like, okay, this is fun. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, okay, you're a bit saucy. That's all fun yeah. and games, but it's just flippant. But then, yeah, when it's deep, it's like super, super deep. Uh, so yeah, just again, two, two contrasts. Okay, wow. cool. How about you? How about you, Sin? Um, pretty much similar to Viv. I think the thing that I struggle with the most is the really intense feelings at the beginning where like you are sort of like chasing the high and like 
I don't want to say obsessive, but it can it it can sometimes feel a bit obsessive where like because you like the feeling of liking someone and like the feeling of being liked like you just I guess constantly want to spend time with them and yeah I and I've noticed that sometimes it's not even like you like you like the person you just like the feeling so I think I found myself like (laughs) getting into a lot of situations with people that I don't actually like (laughs) and then like once the the high has worn off I'm like um I actually don't want to be here Mm. Um, and when it comes to I guess like long-term relationships I find it I find that the, the intensity like if I really like someone like it will like last mm-hmm. like, throughout the relationship but I think that kind of adds to the um the RSD the, the emotions and everything feels very stormy I mean at least that was my last relationship not all relationships mm. Sasan are you I'm a Taurus okay okay yeah. interesting interesting but, I think we makes me hard work. working, didn't ya? I mean, I don't know if my ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> so the ADHD won't allow it. <laughs> That's all I know about Taurus. Theory, I don't know much. In theory, I'm hard working. Mm-hmm. You are. You're still hard working. Do you know what I mean? Look at this ADHD, babe. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. doing beats. <laughs> yeah, I've struggled with the the intense feelings, and I think one of the things that I've struggled a lot with relationships is things like my forgetfulness and being late has always caused problems and I've definitely found myself in situations with people who've like gaslit me because of my memory issues and have used that against me um in non-healthy ways Mm -hmm. and so I think I'm a lot more wary about who I get into relationships with now so I don't end up in those situations again. I think it's very common for people with ADHD to get into um, abusive relationships because um, it's actually quite common for people who are neurotypical to use um, ADHD symptoms against them. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit mad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks for sharing. Angelica? Um, So... Before I got diagnosed and even knew anything about ADHD, right? Um, I just, I was very chaotic, like, and that even, that spilled over into my relationships as well. Constantly late, very, very impulsive. Like we just move so fast, as in so fast. Like I'll say, I love you within, within a month. Like got into a relationship <laughs> with, like that, as in that kind of thing. and. I was just so very, very like feelings driven, just like go, if I feel it, I'm just gonna go for it, not thinking about it, right? And what Sin said about, um, yeah, being really, really late, forgetting things, very, very, very chaotic on the topic of like astrology, very, very Gemini type type traits. So yeah, jumping in and out of relationships, liking someone one day, like being like, okay, let's be together, then oh, breaking up like within a month. And then, um, I started, um, yeah, also like wanting to date loads and loads of people, like wanting to like just be out here, like just wanting to have everything, moving really, 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 really fast, being very, very, very impulsive. But then that also meant that like 
the quality of the relationships weren't always that good. And there was kind of like an underlying of like anxiety and like stress to the whole thing. Like it felt fun, but it was kind of like, yeah, just chasing um, that dopamine, like chasing like the rush of like having someone new or like doing something new or like having a new connection. But then when I started to learn about, yeah, um, ADHD and emotional regulation, I think a lot of people with um, ADHD end up having like, especially people who get diagnosed at ad in adulthood, because like, if you deep it, we've been living with like an invisible disability our whole life and like kind of struggling and not getting the support that we need. And we've been, I think there's this stat that says, children with ADHD are more likely to receive something like twice or three times the amount of negative messages and negative feedback. Um, compared to um, like neurotypical children. And on top of that, being black, being like a woman, being queer, all of these things really compound to often, not always, um, lead to us being like very, very like, just like sensitive and having like, um, you know, being sensitive to like negativity and like wanting to please, wanting to be nice, thinking, oh, well, I'm late all the time. So like, I have to like do the most to like, make this person like me so that they don't dislike me for being forgetful and like, you know, being unreliable and all of all of these things. So um, it definitely led to like people pleasing um, behavior. But on the flip side, I would say learning about these things has just made it, it's just given, it's, it's made me know like I, where I need to kind of heal and grow. So because of this, I've kind of learned about boundaries, like started therapy, learn about emotional regulation, learn, developed all of these coping mechanisms and it's led me to being more intentional about um, the types of relationships I have. So even though it is kind of like my natural impulse to just like jump into something and think, oh, well, I really, really like this person while well, they're the love of my life, I'm just gonna go. It's, it's kind of forced me to kind of like rein myself in from a place of I'm doing this because mm. it's what's best for me kind of thing so it's led me to be more um intentional about my relationships but other things I think yeah I think it can be it, it can make me seem like I'm very changeable depending on my mood I think this is why where it the whole bipolar thing comes into it because sometimes I might be in like what they call like a high dopamine state feeling very very stimulated very very like chatty and friendly and open and all of this stuff and then other days I'm just in a very low dopamine state I feel very like like flat and like and low um yeah more specifically I still have like just that impatience just wanting like something to happen like mm. just not really I never used to like the chase I just want it now you know that whole like delayed gratification thing I'm not really into that I just want the thing now. yeah I don't want to wait yeah yeah it's just very very impatient mm. um but then on the flip side I think the intensity is good I think yeah I really really value the friendships that I do have I have a my friends our relationships are very 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 deep like all my friends, I really, really, there's a deep love that I have between the people that I'm close to, like very, very, very deep and very, very loving, very, very intimate as well um, and very vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. Star sign? <laughs> yeah, Gemini. Okay, I'm a, I'm a Taurus, but I have loads of like Gemini and Sagittarius placements as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So both of you have sim like close in birthdays. Yeah, I think Sin and I are uh, 
10, 12 years apart. I'm the 5th of May. You're the 18th? 18th, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. My brother's 5th of May as well. Oh, it's Mexican Independence Day as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't <laughs> my own. No, that was no, but, but I'm just saying my friend is in Mexico right now living her oh, best life. Oh, nice. I'm jealous. You know, the Americans, they just don't know that it's we're in the pandemic. So they just no, fly up living, and down. They're somehow living their best lives in the yeah. middle of the pandemic. Because everything's so cheap now. Oh, she's, she's been to Jamaica. She's in the club every day. She's wow. and she's even a bottle girl. So she's in the club every day. Oh, yes. I know you um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? One thing we didn't speak about was medication. That's a whole beast. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, okay. Again, like, thanks for sharing about their relationships and stuff like that. And like, when you guys were saying, I'm just nodding, thinking, mm, I've, I've seen it. Relate. I've seen it. I can relate, kind of thing. Mm. So, especially even with the like, one day being really chatty and stuff like that. Maybe even within the same day, by the evening. In the same hour. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, it's flat. And I'll be like, did I do something wrong? She's like, no, I'm just, I'm just here. Like, Are you sure I didn't do anything wrong? I'm just here. Mm. kind of thing like even or when you were mentioning about um kind of being a bit defensive sometimes and like maybe there's not enough tomato in the stew but if you want to put a bit of tomato in the stew she what's wrong with you do you want to do it then are you all right or some on some on some crud basically yeah so like yeah, yeah, yeah i definitely see but so, so like, these days i just look, i just look at her and laugh because i know where it's coming from kind of thing mm. but um but yeah, like even the medication as well, going into medication, like it's been interesting to see the change since she started medication. It's mm. very interesting. How has it been for you guys? Um, like think about that first moment when you started the medication. Like first of all, are you all are you all on medication? On medication. No, okay. Like, <laughs> me, boy. I, I missed too many too many appointments. They said you have now been discharged from the clinic. I said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they you just like that. Just like that. Let's they should know, animals. like, not to do that. Wow, I okay. Anyway. It's first wow. ADHD symptoms is a bit ironic, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Are you, are you sensible? <laughs> you're a consultant at your age, is what you're doing. Uh, How many appointments do you have to miss for them to, to do? I miss three. Like well, I can't remember. I mean, I know <laughs> I remember missing three, like, vividly, knowing mm. that, raw this came up on my phone and I got distracted and now I forgot. Like, mm. I, I remember that happening three times but the last time I was only 20 minutes late and mm. my mum was like well it's too late I have another client in 40 minutes okay. 40 minutes that's a that's a zoom call like <laughs> literally <should> be... <laughs> but I did try medication mm-hmm. just the thing is that man is mean I wanted to do CBT but he was adamant you must go through all the meds before having CBT but I was like I was a bit of a hippie I was like I'm anti-meds mm. I want natural remedies like I wasn't on it but I said, you know, I want the CBT, so let me do it. Those meds were not slapping for me. Like, I remember there's a day I was sitting on the bus and all I remember is just feeling like my brain was in a straight line, but not in a good way, where it's like, I, yeah. I felt like I was the bus. Like, it was just, everything was just straight. And I, just, I felt so slowed down. I felt like, obviously, I'm, my, I've got combined, so I'm quite like, mm-hmm. I was very chill. Like, I was just sitting there taking it all in. But it was almost like it was too flat. So obviously he should have, he would have titrated it so it would have balanced out. Mm. But I just didn't like that feeling of feeling so mulled down. Like I, I kind of, even though it can be tiring to always be on the go, I quite enjoy being like having my brain ticking so quickly. Um, so yeah, I had a, I had quite a few bad side effects, like getting a lot of headaches. I was having nightmares as well. 
um and then because I kept missing appointments we weren't getting the medication dose right mm. and then I got discharged so I never really got to experience the highs unfortunately um I'm back on the waiting list so watch this space who knows yeah. in the future but Ooh. yeah Sin and Angelica have a lot better understanding of meds so they can Um, so what is the question like our personal experiences of meds yeah if you're yeah, like wiping the difference before yeah. and after and stuff enough I actually found out I had well I only started looking into having ADHD because I was taking ADHD meds illegally I to cope with uni like I just <laughs> as a study drug <laughs> this is real that's that's life um so I was taking them I was thinking hang on a second all my other friends are bouncing off the walls, but I'm really calm. Like I feel very focused. And so I start looking into it. I look at ADHD. I'm thinking, wow, I didn't even think this was a thing. It never even occurred to me. Like I didn't know what ADHD was. And I was thinking all these symptoms that I saw as character flaws. Wow, they actually, this is like a, a genuine like neurological condition. So yeah, da, 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 da. Uh, was taking them illegally on and off, not prescribed or anything. So I wasn't on a proper treatment plan. Do not recommend it. Even when I told my doctor, he was like, he nearly had a heart attack. He was like, wow. Well, but, um, but you know, that's, it's hard. That, that was your journey, yeah. That was my journey. Um, and I am on meds. It took me a while to find, there's there's lots of different types. There's so many different types of meds available. And um, everyone's brain is different. So you'll respond to them in a different way. There's some meds that just do not work for some people. Um, the mm. Side effects are too much or like it causes them to really crash in the evening or um, yeah, it just doesn't really vibe with them. So I kind of played around with doses, played around with different types. I don't think it's what it, it makes sense for me to tell people exactly what I'm on because it will be different for everyone. Yeah. So that's a discussion you'll have with your clinician. But yeah, I found meds that really, really work for me. Um, and yeah, what I will say, also another thing, part of my treatment for ADHD is that I got to go on a psychoeducation course. So I got to learn about ADHD with other people with ADHD. And the, the theory behind that is that as you know about what's happening to you, like what's going on, it will, it's kind of therapeutic in that way because like you can tell yourself a different narrative like you're not shaming yourself like you understand yourself better and a big part of that was learning about medication and um, there's like a lot of fear stigma misinformation spread about medication ADHD meds are some of the most well researched and safe in the world ADHD is one of the most like curable and treatable conditions like it's more treatable than asthma for example mm -hmm. and there's the evidence to show this is um mostly taking from like Norway and like some Scandinavian countries where you can look at how like, for example, a lot of people with undiagnosed ADHD end up uh, unemployed or in prison or having accidents, like, you know, because of these impulsivity, like time management difficulties to like hold down jobs. You know what I was saying about life being chaotic, right? But you can look at these like cross database surveys before and after medication treatment with medication and you can see the likelihood to get into car accidents and other types of argument uh, accidents commit violent crime uh go into prison decreases dramatically mm -hmm. it's very 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 treatable 
but unfortunately most people just don't get treated most people don't even know they have adhd the, the undiagnosed population is so huge because there's so much misinformation um and yeah amongst i know this will come up amongst like black communities like immigrant communities there's a lot of um fear and stigma um towards uh yeah taking drugs for lots of reasons you know medical racism is real there's been like a history of like pharmaceutical country companies like testing stuff on black and brown people indigenous people and using us as like test dummies um and there's also on the flip side i think just not wanting to admit that we need there's like stigma or it's ableism right stigma around needing help needing support like those things but i would say um do your own research it's very 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 it's very treatable and often meds really help in that transition phase between you know realizing you have adhd and just needing to like some stability to create routines and get your life on track a lot of people who end up getting di diagnosed in childhood by the time they're in adulthood they're, they're usually not on it not always because they've managed to create a life that kind of suits them mm -hmm. and suits their type of routine and a lot of people who um for example are athletes not all or are creative or have found like a lane that kind of works for them end up not really using um meds yeah it's different for everyone and there's there's within you can get like a long release one that lasts the whole day that really helped me when i was working in a nine to five and i needed to be alert for the whole work day but now that i'm not working in an office i work from home i'm like a freelancer i use the short release one so if i know i need to do some stuff from like 12 to 3 I'll just take it, bang out some emails. Um, it's really good to help doing tasks. It's basically, it's, a stim it's usually a stimulant type of medication. It's like, it's similar to coffee or yeah, any other stimulants. It, it works with the dopamine in your brain um, mm. to help you focus essentially. And yeah, that's my that's my experience with meds. Um, oh, no, same. I was just gonna say that I kind of stand for ADHD meds. I remember the first day that I took them and it was literally like a revelation because it's like and I didn't know people lived like this <laughs> I'm like, so calm I was like I told myself to do stuff and I did it like I did so much work that day I remember um so yeah I really like meds and um, when I first got diagnosed I was um under a private clinic so I was paying for my medication um and they're really expensive. Um, I still feel that's mad. I just feel like they should be free. They should be. They should be, they should be free. Like, come on. Doesn't that kind of make sense? Yeah. The ADHD treatment in this country is very, it's very inaccessible. And there's this um, kind of like misinformation that goes around about like ADHD being like overdiagnosed. And that is, that conversation tends to happen more in America, where there is some evidence that um, it can be overdiagnosed in certain groups, but underdiagnosed in other groups. But in the UK, um, it's pretty much like widely accepted that like it's extremely underdiagnosed in the UK. Um, I think it was only like ten percent of people who have ADHD are only are diagnosed with ADHD, and within that, um, I read a study that was like. I think that's around three or four percent of people who are diagnosed with ADHD are medicated for ADHD. Mm. So that's a very, very tiny percentage yeah. of people with ADHD 
-hmm. and there's a lot more um it's a lot harder to access ADHD meds because again they're very regulated um but yeah I was taking it and meds for about just over a year and then I quit my job and so I couldn't afford to pay for them anymore Mm -hmm. um until I heard about Psychiatry UK and I just got referred to them and I have my meds to start titrating but um I've been having really bad insomnia lately and I have to fix that before I take the meds otherwise um the insomnia will get worse um, I'm not I sure if I should recommend that. this but you know some CBD oils do help <laughs> I have some insomnia too <laughs> they do help yeah, I, I mean I'm mean, it's legal I think it's fine to yeah mm. I do take CBD um and I'm not very regular with it though I should be it does help with sleep but once my sleep is regulated I can start taking them I've got the box right there it's just I'm just waiting mm-hmm. I'm very excited to start them because I miss them so much <laughs> brands listening and want to sponsor us uh email us at adhdbabes at gmail.com yeah do you know we're gonna yes. we're gonna yes oh, oh. yeah already rubbery okay we're gonna round up <laughs> we're gonna yeah. round up yeah so let the people know how to support you guys mm-hmm. you know i don't know if you guys got a gofundme anything coming soon i recommend the gap you should but you yeah, know let, let us know like how to support you guys and yeah so you can donate to us if you follow us on ADHD Babes on Twitter and Instagram and also we're on Linktree. Our donation link is there. Cute PayPal, drop that. We want to launch a fundraiser um, that is very much pending. So yeah, you've got the opportunity to donate regularly as well. Um, Tanya Compass uh, from Exist Loudly has like kindly offered to donate um, a regular amount for like members that come regularly from the LGBTQ plus community so you can do things like that yeah um, and also share your friends that have coins all those pharmaceuticals all these ADHD tech th- all you people there you know right. our community needs Tell your support, white friends so. as well yeah. your allies, your white friends. allies, them. allies. <laughs> <laughs> come through as well this helps all right cool do you guys still do support groups is it every week you guys do it Every two um, weeks. Every two weeks. And the tickets yeah. sell out very quickly. Yeah. But we're doing more events. We're, we're trying to do more um, and make it varied. And we've got our Discord as well. So if people yeah. miss that, you can always be chatting in the Discord. Um, so that's mm-hmm. available that's as great. well. Yeah. that's sick man that's sick okay thank you so much guys for thank joining you. us today everyone thank that's listening you. thank you for tuning in make sure you do follow adhd babes and um just follow all the way they're doing and drop the coins the paypal link is there so make sure yep. you drop the coins and share it sometimes you have to do the whatsapp promo even do the whatsapp promo and share it yeah, yeah. Podcast. <laughs> for real <laughs> but yes make sure you use the hashtag tutus podcast to come along with the podcast or just to give us your views and share your experiences as well um please follow us on spotify make sure you follow us on social media and rate and view us on apple podcasts once again thanks for tuning in peace Mm -hmm.